when was the last time you took a moment to pause and breathe? Join me and founder of Pause Breathwork, Samantha Skelly, for a fun conversation that will have you rethinking the way that you breathe. In this episode, you'll learn how Sam went from being a hot mess express to being a grounded breathwork facilitator, the difference between a clear mind and a fear mind, the science of breathwork, how to cultivate safety within your body, the real problem with spiritual bypassing and escapism, why you cannot experience spiritual ascension without grounding the different types of breath patterns and why it's important for you to know and how to be a responsible breath work facilitator. Now, if you dig this podcast and you want to connect, be sure to connect with me on Instagram or Twitter at I am Ruby. And if you prefer being off of social media, you can join my awake and aware community on telegram and that's rubyframon.com forward slash telegram. You can also text hashtag potent truth to one seven, eight, one, three, three, six, zero, one, six, zero to stay in touch via text message. And don't forget to grab a copy of my book, potent leadership. It's available on Amazon, or you can head to potentleadership.com. You can also walk into your favorite local bookstore and ask them to order a copy of the book in, and they will do that. Now, whether you are, whether you are a loyal listener or you're brand new to the podcast, welcome. Please take a moment to drop a rating and review on iTunes. Every single rating, review, download, all of these things help get this podcast out to more leaders around the world. Now it is time to learn how to use breath work as a gateway to your truth with Samantha Skelly. Beyond the narrative, underneath the veil of illusion and deep within your center, therein lies potent truth. Welcome to Potent Truth where today's leaders, change makers, and light carriers come together to question the narrative, arrive at potent truth, and lead with sovereignty. What is potency? It's who you are beneath the masks, facades, and protective gear. It's the medicine humanity yearns for, cries out for, prays for, and needs. Your potency is what sets you apart, magnetizes your following, and creates movements. Join me, Ruby Fremont, for weekly guidance, channeled messages, and potent conversations that will take you on a journey of self-discovery. I am here to guide you to a place of unraveling the programming that's been keeping us stuck for generations, unlocking potent truth and expressing it through sovereign leadership. It's time for change. It's time for potent truth. Hey leaders, welcome back to another episode of potent truth. And this one is going to be insightful, informative, and super fucking fun because I wish I could have like one of those buttons that was like drum roll. I have the one and only Sam motherfucking Skelly in the house. No, that was a different kind of intro. I know, but you're going to see why Sam deserves an intro like this. So Sam, welcome to the podcast. And like, why did it take us so long to fucking do this? What is happening? I feel like we went through like a three-year hiatus of like not communicating for a while. And then all of a sudden I was like, what's this about? Get back in my life. That's literally what happened. Like we met, I think at the beginning of my coaching journey, which was around 2014, 15. And I don't know, our worlds were kind of in the same space. Cause we're both in California. And then, yeah, there was this little like separation yeah. for no reason that nothing I'm, happened I'm by prompted. the way, guys. Yeah. There's no <laughs> drama here. It's literally <laughs> drama free separation. Like, I don't know. We both just went our own ways. All of a sudden you went from like hungry for happiness to breath work. And I was like, where has she been all my life? Like what is happening? There was a huge transition. So um, for everyone listening, if you've been with me, with, uh, if you've been with me for a while, you know, that I am a huge fan of breath work and weirdly mm. enough, I've never had anyone on the pod 
podcast talk about breath work. So oh, dang, let's I go. know. Let's go. Um, <laughs> so first, because I'm actually selfishly wanting to know this story because you, you mm. still haven't told me. Uh where did this pivot evolution into breath work come in? in yeah. Yeah. Dude, this is such a good, uh, it's so interesting how these soul led paths, these soul curriculums come to play. Like looking back on it, I'm like, what the actual fuck? Like everything, every little thing in our lives is so divinely placed for us. And in the moment, it's sometimes hard to see that, but holy crap, when you have perspective, it's a whole thing. So I started my first company hungry for happiness. That was when we met, right? I think I was, Mm -hmm. I think, I think you started your coaching practice and I started hungry for happiness. I think around like the same beat, like it was around the same time. So I started hungry for happiness because I had an eating disorder, body image issues, exercise addiction, the whole thing. And I went through a really gnarly four years of being in the deepest battle with food and anxiety and depression and body image issues. And when I was recovering from it, I was trying everything, every modality there was, right? Like energy healing, Reiki, all, all the things like talk therapy, friggin' presence walking, you name it, I did it. And I realized that there was a depth that I was needing to go to that a lot of the modalities that I was currently trying were not working. Mm. And in addition to that, I was in the state of like consumption, like consuming all the books, all the information, all the things consumption, but without integration, I was so disconnected from my body. So I had all this knowledge. I had had like a PhD in personal development, but it didn't actually integrate and create sustainable transformation because I was disconnected. And so I remember when I was in the, in my eating disorder days, I was reading the book, eat, pray, love by Elizabeth Gilbert. And I don't know if anyone's read this book or seen the movie, but she goes to Bali and she sees this medicine healer, this acupuncturist dude, and she has a breakthrough. And so I was like, mom, I'm going to do that. So I bought a one-way ticket to Bali and I went to go see this guy. And he, he like takes these sticks and he like shoves them in your feet. And it's the most awful, painful thing ever. And his diagnosis of me was my brain is too busy. I, I just need to meditate. And I, I hated meditation at that time. Cause I have, not only did I have an eating disorder and had all these crazy thoughts, I also have ADHD. So I was like a hot mess express. Like I was a heady cocktail of just like chaos. So the thought of like sitting there with my thoughts, sitting there with my body just was like, Oh God, this is awful. But anyways, I'm like, maybe it's different in Bali. So I go to this class, this meditation class, and I ended up, I ended up missing the class, but the next class on the bulletin board was a breathwork class. And I thought what most people think when they see breath work, like, isn't that just breathing? Like I've been doing that my whole life. Like what actually is that? So I walk up to the class and everyone's lying down with blankets and pillows. There's this guy dressed all in white with a beard. He looks like Jesus. And he comes up to me and he was like, are you ready to go on the ride of your life? You were going to feel the highest states of joy and bliss and ecstasy. And then you're going to shed, release and let go of everything that you're holding on to that doesn't serve you. And he was like, so, so animated about it. And this was at a time in my life where I was knees deep in an eating disorder, chronic anxiety. I sort of just toggled between anxiety and numbness, right? I'd feel anxious. Then I would overeat, overexercise. I would go to swing to numbness and then just keep going back and forth. So when he said that to me, I was like, you don't know what you're dealing with here. (laughs) Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to feel all these amazing feelings. So anyways, I did it anyways. I lied down. I started breathing in this pattern that he, he suggested. And within minutes, my body was feeling activated, electric, alive. I was one minute crying and then the next minute laughing and everything in between. And I genuinely felt like my capacity to experience the human experience just like completely opened up. And I remember waking up from that experience and feeling self-love for the first time in my whole life. Like I thought I kind of knew what self-love was, 
but there was the, there's this depth, there's this feeling, there's this like calmness, this resting position that is just so potent with love. And it was accessible using nothing but <clears throat> my breath. So in that moment, I could really discern the difference between an emotional hunger cue, a physical hunger cue. I could actually attune to what my body really needed on, on a deeper level. I wasn't trying to think about how to feel better. I was just feeling to feel better, like really letting my body do the work. And so that was, that was like in my early, early twenties. So I started hungry for happiness because of that experience and ran hungry for happiness for six years. And then about four years ago, I was driving from LA to San Diego and I could feel there was like this next cut for me in my career, like this next thing that was coming through. And I'm like, I'm like, what is this? Like, what is this next thing that I'm being drawn into? Right. It's like that soul led path. It never makes sense, but it always is. It always feels like the exact right thing to do. So I, I, I literally asked, I was in the car and I asked, I'm like, what is, what, what do I need to bring forth into the world now? Like, what is this? And the feeling what, or, or the message was, you need to teach the world to breathe. And it was so like clear as day in that moment. And then the next, the next thing that came in was it's called pause breathwork. I didn't, I didn't create it. I didn't go out to do it. It just came in. I opened up, I asked and it dropped in. And then for weeks on end, I was getting woken up at like three, four in the morning with all of these downloads of, of this body of work and what this was and like how it's going to serve the world. And it's been wild. It's been, it's been a wild ride. And now we've, um, yeah, we're, we've, we've trained, uh, hundreds of people all around the world to become breathwork facilitators. And we have thousands of people all over the world using our mobile app. And my vision is just to bring breathwork more mainstream. Cause it's, it's still a little, uh, it's still a little in the wings, you know? So, um, I, I just really believe when we can teach people how, that they are their own drug. When we can teach people that through the breath, we can access these deep states of love and acceptance and joy that we're all trying to reach outside of ourselves for. I really believe that we'll, we'll shift the world. Mm. Mm. I love that journey. And thank you so much mm. for sharing it with me. Um, it's so interesting how we can be on our journeys for so long and, we get caught up in the doing and the busyness of, of it all. Right. It's mm. like, I need to heal this. I need to do that. I need to do this. And your message was really to pause and to breathe, yeah. which I feel is a message that everyone needs to hear, mm. especially now. And you're right. You know, breath work has become a little more popular in the last couple of years for sure, but it's still this like weird thing. Like, what do you mean? I need to learn how to breathe. I do it every day. Yeah. And it wasn't until I really experienced breath work for the first time when I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is like journeying without the plant medicine. Mm. Um, and it really helped me. I did a one-on-one -on -one session with someone once and I was shocked at how it really supported me in connecting with some traumas in, in my body through my mm. breath. And it's, it's like, we all have access to this through our breath, but when are we ever taught to do this? And especially nowadays, when are we ever taught to really connect with our bodies? There's yeah. such a disconnection, you know, mm -hmm. we're all like connected to the external world and our devices that we forget to connect to our bodies. It's interesting. It's so interesting. You know, I, I laugh because my first company is teaching people how to eat properly. And my mm -hmm. second company is teaching people how to breathe. Like we've come so far away from our true nature that we're having to re-remember how to do basic things that bring us and breed fulfillment and joy. Mm -hmm. It's we're so caught up in the hustle. We're so caught up in the doing. We're so caught up in the achieving and the egotisticals and significant driven things that are just depleting our systems and making us feel like garbage that we have to relearn mm -hmm. the, the very nature of who we are at the core. It's, yeah. it's wild. 
mm-hmm. we're learning how to be human again. Yeah. You know, the, the AI, te- the AI takeover that everyone keeps freaking out over. It's like, well, it's already happened. <laughs> it's now, already happened. Yeah. And now we're yeah. like learning how to get back into our bodies and be human beings. Like the AI hijacking, we've already been hijacked. That's it's it. That's it. It's like our minds have been hijacked. Mm-hmm. especially what's going on in the world right now with all the fear and the propaganda, mm-hmm. like fucking think for yourself, people like you are so much smarter than a television. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, like, you know, the hijacking of our, our basic needs and functions that mm-hmm. we were given by our creator. And whether you want to say God, universe, life force, spirit, whatever word, you know, you most associate with, like we have something called an intuition. We have something called an immune system. We have these functions that are the greatest technology on the face of the earth, but now we're outsourcing it to things that are killing us. Mm-hmm. It's wild. It's like, yeah, it's just wild to me. And it takes, you know, it takes leaders. I know if you're listening to this podcast, you are a leader. It takes leaders for us to pause, stop, think for yourself, make a different decision, and then lead that decision. And allow people to, to, to resonate with your voice because the voice of the truth right now, unfortunately, is a little bit more of a whisper in comparison to the voice of the chaotic. <laughs> Just, yeah, really well said. I mean, I think that our breath is really our way of, it's like the vehicle for us to connect with our truth. And most people, I know for myself, yeah. like there are times during the day, if I'm stressed out, I'll stop breathing. Like we catch Mm -hmm. ourselves like, shit, I didn't, Mm -hmm. should have taken a breath there. Um, Or our breathing becomes erratic or really fast, shallow breathing. I mean, Mm -hmm. most of us are just shallow breathing all day long because of the stressors of life. But when you're in that state, that that's really the same as like fight or flight, which most people are operating in, especially now. Uh, which actually disconnects you from your ability to use discernment, to think critically and to connect Mm -hmm. to your intuition. Like you cannot connect to your truth if you're not breathing properly. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I think something that I've uh, just been, been really thinking about journaling about is, is the difference between what is real and what is, what is true, Mm. you know? And, and I, I love that like so much of what you're about is like helping people extract their truth. Like what is the actual truth? And with, with our bodies and the reactions that go on in our bodies, we can have this emotional experience and then the mind can create a story and that is not true. It's like the experience in the body is real, but the story is not true. Mm -hmm. So how can, how can we use the breath to sever that story so we can be real with the experience honor what's going on but actually choose the truth over the fabricated story that is either the collective narrative or whatever is going on like we have to we have to really allow the body to have spaciousness to feel through everything that's going on not just now in the world but in the human experience and really have to your point discernment Am I going to take that that on as my truth or am I going to dismiss that and realize that the truth is something so much deeper and so much more profound? And we can't do that in the mind. We, we gotta be in, in an embodied state in order to, 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 to do that. Mm. I love that you mentioned like the body, what is real in my body and Mm -hmm. like what's happening in the body, because that, I mean, even just in my personal life has been a game changer and especially for clients and, and just witnessing people. Like we all talk about embodiment. This is like the, the buzzword mm-hmm. along with a whole bunch of other fucking words, but like portal yeah. portals, a nice buzzword, oh, the portal, right channeling <laughs> sovereignty. I'm channeling through the portal of sovereignty. Altogether. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? What? Like, I love, I love me a good buzzword. And I think it's really important that people mm-hmm. understand what these words mean. And, yeah. um, so why don't you tell us your, your own personal mm. definition of embodiment? Mm, yeah, this is good. So embodiment for me is being connected to what, what I call my central channel. So the beam of energy that runs from the top of my head, right down into the root, that is that is the frequency that is most connected to my 
the energy of my soul. Mm -hmm. So embodiment is being, having stillness here while the, while the swirl of everything else is happening. When I'm grounded in my central channel and I feel deeply connected to my soul's essence, I then can observe all of the other contractions, sensations, movements, everything else in my body that is active and real, but not directly connected to who I am. Because who I am at the core is that truth of, of that frequency, not all of, all of the everything else. And, and what tends to happen a lot of times when we don't have embodiment is we are viewing our sensations from our mind. So it's basically this like top down, like, okay, I'm feeling this. And then the mind's like, well, you're feeling that because of this and because of this and because of this. And, and there's an enmeshment that happens. Um, that creates more suffering and more suffering and more suffering. So when we can really allow that central channel to be our resting position, it allows the energy to go from the mind into the body, into more truth, right? Because truth is in the body. And then from that place of ground, when we really stabilize that ground, then we can just be the observer to everything else that is going on. And we don't get hooked, we don't get caught, we don't get attached to the chaos. We're just observing the chaos from a grounded place. And from there, we have more access to our intuition. From there, we operate from our clear mind, not our fear mind. From there, we have just a, a greater visceral intelligence to let us know, is that my intuition saying no, or is that fear saying no? Is that my intuition saying yes? Or is that, so we can, we just have more access to these energies that are constantly directing us. Mm. That's what it is for me. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. And that was really, it was a, I've had this discussion about the, the word embodiment specifically with a lot of people. And that was a really beautiful way to put it. Mm. Um, especially what you said about being the observer, uh, because we can't, if we're not embodied, it's absolutely impossible to shift into the state of the, of being the observer. You can't mm. because you're in kind of like distress right. flailing with everything mm -hmm. and the frequencies and the energies around you. Uh, and what's been helpful for me is using the breath as a way to anchor into an embodied state. Mm. I think there's a lot of people who are trying to be something and not a lot enough people who are just being, mm. you know, like people mm -hmm. are trying to be, but they're not just being and, and mm -hmm. breath is what helps you be. And that to me is embodiment. Mm. Um, and it's, and, and the work is that we do as leaders, as facilitators, um, as coaches, as healers, whatever it is, if you're not embodied, then what are you, right? Yeah. If you're not embodied, then what are you? And well, you're flailing. Let me just say that. <laughs> you're yeah. not, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, it's not grounded. And right now with, if you look at just the world and all the chaos that we're experiencing, you can allow that chaos to penetrate you, which we're seeing a lot and in, in the mm. collective, or you can become this, it, you can get into this state where nothing like that can penetrate you. And I feel like that is only done through an embodied state mm. and we can unlock that through tools like breath work, which really help you ground in and anchor into your body. Um, now one of the things that I've noticed, and I'm wondering if you notice this too, since you have a lot of events in the practitioner training is that a lot of people actually have a huge amount of discomfort in their bodies, which is why they push themselves outwards so much. And there's mm -hmm. actually a resistance to coming back into their bodies. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that in your work? Oh, dude. Yeah. It's like safety is so rare in our nervous systems. And it's, it's the main thing that I teach right out of the gate. Cause when we don't have a foundation of safety in the body, we can't build on anything else. We actually can't be embodied. We can't settle into our central channel. If, if we don't feel safe, mm 
So at first there, so I'll, I'll just share my experience of this. So I had extreme body image issues. I had chronic anxiety. I was addicted to exercise. There was so many things that forced me out of my body. Like, I don't want to be in my body. Like, I hate this. It's so uncomfortable. Not only is there a ton of anxiety, I feel like disgusting. So I, I never wanted to be in my body. I was always running away from it. And so I had to slowly open up my window of tolerance and slowly allow myself to integrate a little more and a little more and a little more and a little more. And breath work helped me do that, but it needed to be slow. Like there's some facilitators that just blow their clients out of the water and just like take them to, you know, an extreme level of a psychedelic experience. And I feel like that that's super egotistical on the facilitator's point. Like it's, you have to be really mindful of, of meeting that client where they're at and like slowly allowing them to get into the body while being incredibly mindful of their safety. Because if, if a client is has a lot of repressed trauma that they don't know about. And we blast them with a huge, intense, explosive breath work. Like you're going to do more harm than good. You're going to re-traumatize that person. And so it's really important for us to um, understand, like, do I actually feel safe in my body? And asking that question, not with judgment, but just simply like, where's, what's my level of safety? Like, how does it feel to actually sit there in meditation with my body? Is does that scare me a little bit? Does that like, what comes up for me there? And so really establishing that ground of safety is so important. I, in my facilitator trainings, I, we spend so much time on facilitator um, embodiment and doing their work. Cause you, you and I both know we can't take people to places we've not gone ourselves and, mm -hmm. and people will feel you at the level of embodiment that you have. So if you're teaching from your head, you'll only get like, you, you, like people will just like be able to feel that level of cognitive frequency. But when you're teaching from your soul, when you're teaching from your body, when you actually really know how to like move energy and run energy in your body, it's a completely different experience for, for your clients. So establishing a level of safety is the prerequisite to, to any of this stuff. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think also in addition to that, most people don't really understand that what they're feeling is a lack of safety. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, like most people are just kind of feeling whatever that, however that shows up the manifestation of it, which is, you know, agitated nervous system, um, anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. uh, inability to like focus or be present. Uh, but they don't realize that that's coming from this deeper sense of like, I'm not safe. I don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And whatever it was that, you know, I, cause I think for each person it's different, but whatever it is that pushes us out of our bodies is such a traumatic experience that, shifts our perception of our bodies and not, I'm not talking about like how we look at our bodies physically, but how shifts our perception of what it's like to be in our bodies of how we feel mm -hmm. in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, which is why we don't like to return into our bodies. And, uh, I know this firsthand and I, I remember for a long time, especially in the spiritual here, we can rant on this. So especially in the spiritual development industry, how there's a lot of like, let's go into the 5D, 7D, yay. You know, like a lot mm -hmm. of going up, a lot of rising mm -hmm. higher, a lot of vibrating higher, keep the love and light and keep all this mm -hmm. stuff. But one of the things that has never helped me has been that, <laughs> like mm -hmm. that never mm -hmm. helped me. Mm -hmm. And very early on in my own personal journey, I went into the roots. Like I am now just at this stage of my personal development journey. Like I started this 2012. I'm now just going into like more of the higher mm -hmm. realms, but I needed, I felt this, like, I need to learn how to ground in both to the earth, to mm -hmm. being present with myself and with what's going on. And, um, I didn't know that what I was feeling was a lack of safety, but I knew just in, intuitively that that was the first step for me. Mm -hmm. I needed to come back down. I needed to come in words. I needed to learn what it was like to be in my body. Mm -hmm. And 
what I learned through that was really to cultivate safety within my body and cultivate safety within myself, which then leads to being able to trust yourself. And then when you can trust yourself, then you no longer seek external authorities Mm -hmm. or things or people, whatever it is uh, for all the answers, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it, for me, I look at it as like this unfolding, but from the inside out and the first step, even though a lot of people want to reach for the stars and reach for the heavens. It's like, I believe we need to root down first. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's, I love, love, love that you brought that up. Cause it's so true. There's so much bullshit in the spiritual communities and so much like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's escapism at, at the highest level, you know, it's like spiritual bypassing at the highest level. Oh, the human experience is too intense. All right, let's like ascend, but we can't have stabilized ascension without the ground. Like we have got to have the grounding in our bodies. And plus, like, we need to remember we're fucking human. Like <laughs> we gotta be here. Like we are here. We chose to be here. You know, we'll go back up there one day. I, sh- I assure you we will. And we can tap into other realms and other energies to support our human experience, to resource us. But when, when there's a denial of what is and a disconnection from the human experience and just this, um, just this like reaching, it's no different than reaching for things on the 3d plane, you know, that distract us. It's the same thing. It's another form of reaching, but the spiritual community wraps it in like, Oh, but it's, it's ascended and it's high vibe. No, it's not. It's just the same bullshit. You're just reaching for, you know, 5d versus the Cheetos, but it's the same thing. It's a form of escapism. So how can we include and transcend? How can we include it all? Like, how can we be with our triggered parts and our young parts and our wounding and our trauma and our depression and our anxiety? How can we hold that and be resourced by other energies that support us? Because our soul, like, going back to that central channel, that part of us, that energy, that frequency is connected to it all, but it's connected to it all with the human bits and parts, not separate from. And so when we try and reach and grasp and 5D, it's like, we're missing the point. The point is like, the point is to heal the physical body. The point is to heal all of our wounding, release all of our conditioning, allow ourselves to melt these frozen in time pieces so that we can feel more integrated and more whole so that we create a more enjoyable human experience. The point is not to see aliens every single Thursday night, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I love that we're talking about this because it is really, really important. It's like, can we reach those higher states? Yes. And what's the point? It's like, if it's not, if it's, if it's not, uh, contributing and supporting our human experience, then maybe it's escaping from it. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I could, I, I, I would want to rant on that topic all fucking day long. And, uh, it's interesting. Cause I've also noticed that in breath work where, um, you know, some people, they experience the journey, the, the almost psychedelic experience, and then no other form of breath work will do. Like mm-hmm. they just want to go after that drug, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's important for us to really immerse ourselves in the totality of the human experience and mm-hmm. not just the parts that help us connect to the spiritual realm, mm-hmm. but like how you're, you know, we, we do live in the 3d world. Mm-hmm. We are here. Our bodies mm-hmm. are very much here. Mm-hmm. And as if you are uncomfortable in this 3d space, if you are uncomfortable in your bodies, perhaps that's what you need to be working on. Not the mm-hmm. fucking 7d. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. I feel like next year's trend is going to be like 10d. I feel like we've been, I don't even up. know. What is the 70? I don't even know. I don't know, but all of a sudden people went from like 5D, 5D to like, I am now the 7D coach. And it's like, wait, what? Wait, what? (laughs) You gotta laugh. You gotta laugh. You gotta laugh. I I mean, compassion to you and come on, like, whereas there's me, I will take you to the pits of hell (laughs) (laughs) to face your shadows and your darkness. But dude, that, I mean, I mean, there that's good shit. You know, the pits of hell is where, where some good stuff gets 
gets activated so much. Um, I want to talk about your actual, about pause breath work, because Mm -hmm. it seems like there's, uh, and this can be overwhelming, I think, to Mm -hmm. people who are not familiar with, with breath work. Like if I ever post something about me doing breath work, the first question I get is like, what kind of breath work do you do and how do you do it? Because Mm -hmm. there's so many Mm -hmm. different things Mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. And so I'd love for you to just share a little bit. You don't have to give us your secret sauce unless you want to, but like share a little bit about what makes pause breath work, what it is Mm -hmm. and why people need it in their life. Let's Mm -hmm. go with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. So, so the way that we've designed pause is like one size does not fit all when it comes to breath work, right? So there are systems that swing more depressed when we get in a survival strategy. And then there are systems that swing more anxious when we get into a survival strategy. So, and then there's, there's breath patterns that are more grounding and help regulate. And then there's breath patterns that are more activating and help energize. So it's really important for people to know where, where their resting position is so that they can choose the, the, the breath pattern that is best for them. So it's not, yeah, it's not one size fits all. So, so when I was designing it, I was designing it under the context of what is the, what is the outcome? What, what do we want? Right. Cause there's, there's breath patterns that will, um, like clear the mind, open the heart, energize the body, rest if you want if you want to experience uh more rest so it's it's truly about understanding what is your ideal outcome what is it that you want to experience and what is the breath pattern that is going to activate that experience and then there's nuance to that too so music is a huge piece of it so um on on the app the ones that are more energizing obviously they're more tribally and and bring the energy up the ones that are more down regulating taking us from sympathetic to parasympathetic or are more grounding and nature sounds and like getting into the body and like really really rooting down so there's the nuance of music there's the nuance of the mantra right when we have an intention and a mantra it guides and it supports the body. So depending on what that individual is, is requiring and desiring, they can choose the breath patterns that fit their body and fit their ideal outcome. Mm. So there's a real science to this. Mm -hmm. And I think it's Mm -hmm. important for people to understand this isn't just like, you're going to learn how to breathe. There is a science to this. And, Mm um, it's, it's so, you know, I've, played around with a lot of different types of breath work just to notice how they sit with my nervous system. And Mm -hmm. I like that you've taken this into awareness when designing pause and when creating Mm -hmm. this for people, because, Mm -hmm. um, I think there, there are a lot of people who are facilitating breath work that don't really take that into consideration when they bring people into a space. And when you're going on a breath work journey, for example, with like 50 people in a room and someone is already operating from like an, a more of an anxious state and the journey Mm -hmm. is taking people upwards. That's Ah. it. That's it. That's it. And people say, people will say to me all the time, Sam, I've tried breath work in the past and it's just made me more anxious. It's like, yeah, that's because it was the breath pattern that you chose. Right. So I'm going to give you an example. So Mm -hmm. there's a breath. Um, so one of our breath patterns is called the triactive breath. So it's two in one out. Now, when we use, when that exhale is forced and it's, it's, um, it's a force exhale, that's going to be more activating. Mm. We can shift that and we can, we can, um, we can have a, a modification of just a relaxed exhale, like <sighs> slower breath pattern, relaxed exhale. That's going to help bring people down. So the speed is also a nuance, right? Mm. If we, if we, if my speed is <sighs> And I'm continuously doing that for 20 minutes, I'm going to have a very activating journey. Mm-hmm. If my speed is it's going to be a completely different story. 
So it's really about understanding again, how our systems work and what works best for us. Cause yeah, you're right. When, when, when it's, when there's a class and there's 50 people in there, there's 50 different systems and there's 50 different, um, uh, like requirements essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's about giving people the, the choice to choose what's best for them versus like, breathe, let's go quick, faster, harder, let's go, come on, which like a lot of facilitators treat breath work like a boot camp. It's like, that's mm-hmm. not how it's designed. Like it's, it's not yeah. it's like the nature of it is to be in alignment with the energetics of the body, not going against them. And so we've designed the curriculum to, to, to support the body, not fight against it. Mm, yeah, that's. I love that you shared that to support the body, not to fight against it. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, it's it, anything to do anything in the personal and spiritual development fields. Like we have a plethora of tools that we can pick from mm-hmm. and only we know best how certain things work within our systems. Like mm-hmm. uh, for example, as a coach, I can guide, but I really don't know the client's full experience because I am not the client. That's it. Yeah. And so to empower people to make that decision, I think is really beautiful way to facilitate. Mm. And, um, the other thing is I wonder, I wonder if the people who are like, let's just keep going, like breathe, breathe, breathe. Mm. Is almost like an ego thing of like, I just want to get them into a journey. It is. Right? It is. It is. Yeah. That's why like the best coaches are agenda right? The mm-hmm. best coaches are, and facilitators are like, let the energetics and the alchemy guide the transformations, not the mind. So novice coaches, novice facilitators will be like, this needs to happen. My client needs to have a breakdown and cry. If it's going to be a good session, it's like, no, you're making that about you, not them. (laughs) Right. And so the same thing happens with breathwork facilitators. So we teach our clients like the nuance of being agendaless and, and, and like it's the breather is, is guiding the journey right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the breather. It's, it's their journey. It's their experience. They get to create it and they get to co-create it with, with their universe, God, whatever spirit. And we're just holding the space and facilitating. And is that something that you teach your facilitators? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I love that deep. you say, oh yeah. But it's like, <laughs> it's also something that would be, I feel would be missed yeah, in a lot of programs because right? people want to teach the technique Mm-hmm. and the business but then there's like the way I'm I'm the way this is translating in my system is this is the responsibility piece <laughs> that's it that's it 100% and 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 the, that is so I took when I when I got into breathwork I took every certification that was available at the time mm. there's more there's other ones now and I was like Oh, like everyone felt incomplete I'm like this one is missing this and this one is missing this and this one. so I was like what would it look like if I created what I would want as like my ideal path, one that is completely trauma-informed, one that is touching on the nuances of of these important qualities, one that teaches really powerful breathwork techniques, one that teaches facilitator embodiment, facilitator mastery. Like, let's not forget that we are the ones creating this experience, right? So so how can we create the the totality of the experience? And so people will say, why is your training six months long when there's one over down the road that's a week long? I'm Mm -hmm. like, because I, I'm not interested in creating mediocre coaches. I'm interested in creating masterful coaches. Mm-hmm. And it requires a long time for us to get there. Mm-hmm. And I know that Pause is going to be a legacy company. Like I want to have this company for the next hundred years plus. And so in order for our mission to be actualized, I can't be pumping out like, okay, coaches. I have, I, I get to pump out exceptional ones. And that requires time, depth rooting down, getting into our work first, um, before we can actually, uh, responsibly hold the space for others. Mm. That is something I'm such a huge fan of. Again, like our listeners, you know, this about me, uh, leadership is a responsibility and a yeah. lot of people don't treat it as such. Right. Mm-hmm. And so is being a facilitator in any modality breath work included, because this mm-hmm. isn't just about breathing, like this isn't just about breathing. You're like, if you are not properly trained, mm-hmm. you are messing around with someone else's fucking trauma. Like that's mm-hmm. really what it is. Yeah. And I think that it's uh, just a beautiful component to, to weave into your work. And I think that that's also what 
probably makes pause different is that Mm -hmm. piece specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, what's, what's cool to everyone listening, just so you know, um, is you're going to be opening up the facilitator training again in just a couple of weeks you start again, which is super exciting. And I'm so curious to know, um, more about the facilitator facilitator training. So is this Mm -hmm. like online in person? Like, what does it Mm -hmm. look like? It's six months. Mm -hmm. We know that. Mm -hmm. So it's a six month journey. We've designed the journey to really center the transformation of the facilitator, as I talked about, right? Because people can have a desire, but it requires a deep transformation for them to actually be effective. Mm. So you will be paired with a one-to-one mentor for the entire six months. We really, um, bake in a ton of support, a ton of love. Not only will you have a one-to-one mentor, you'll have a small group that you connect with on a weekly basis. I'll be training you every single week for 90 minutes, um, based on our curriculum. We'll have a week, um, a week training, a five-day training, um, It is, there's meetups around the country for people who are like everyone in LA will meet up and do it together. Everyone Mm -hmm. in like say Austin will meet up and do it together. Um, So there's a a week long training and then it goes into practicum. Mm -hmm. So we're teaching everything from, um, you know, we've got one of the best trauma, in my opinion, one of the best trauma therapists um, working with us. So the entire curriculum is hundred percent trauma informed, meaning mm. you will graduate as a trauma informed breathwork facilitator, which is hugely important. Don't take anyone that's not trauma informed. Cause like we've been talking about, you're messing with people's trauma when you do that. Um, we, we talk about the science of breathwork. We have an in-house brain, um, uh, a scientist that actually will go through like what is really happening on a, you know, a biochemical level when we are doing breathwork. So you'll know the nuances of that, um, going through the entire how to of breathwork, how to hold space, how to facilitate breathwork, um, and then teaching energetic maps of like, okay, what is really happening when people are releasing and letting go? And how can we be most supportive? We go through hands-on touch. Like it is the, it is thorough beyond belief. Mm. Um, and yeah, not only will you graduate as a facilitator to be able to start a business of breathwork, or if you're already a coach, healer, facilitator, you can add this on into your practice. Um, not only will you be able to to do that, but you will go through this like epic six months transformation as well. So, um, yeah, we start November 1st, a couple of weeks. That's so exciting. And it just, it seems like such a well-rounded offering too. Um, I love it. And I, I can tell, I know I can feel just how much you love doing this work Mm. And that is so important. Like Mm. for me, for example, whenever I choose to work with someone or or train with something, someone, I need that person to be really fucking excited about what they're doing and really (laughs) passionate about it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you took every single fucking breath work program out there before creating this one. So Mm -hmm. based on that alone, Mm. it's going to be good. So for everyone listening, if you are interested in, well, let's talk about this because it is facilitator training. So who Mm -hmm. is this for? Could it be for people who just want to learn more about breath work and not Mm -hmm. facilitate? Yeah. So three, three different types of people. Number one, you already are a health coach, wellness coach, life coach. You are coaching and leading people in some capacity and you want to create more depth. So maybe you did your life coaching certification, but you're like, I just want to go deeper into the body. It would be perfect for you to add breathwork into your business. Second person is you've tried breathwork. You know how powerful it is. It's changed your life. And now you're ready to start a business out of breathwork, quit whatever job you're doing. That's not giving your soul nourishment and, and really start your own thing. The third, um, the third type of, of people that do it are people who just want to deepen their experience with breathwork and go on a personal development journey. And that third group, they go in there thinking that they're not going to teach, but then they always end up teaching. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like the three different uh, types of people that we work with. Amazing. So for everyone Mm -hmm. listening, if you want to get in on this training, I highly recommend you jump on it now. Um, pause breathwork.com forward slash slash ruby Ruby. there we go (laughs) that link and more will be in the show notes uh 
Sam, it's been an honor to have you. I'm so mm. happy we reconnected. If there's one potent truth that you want everyone listening to walk away with, what would that be? Mm. Oh, this is a good one. Your body is an infinite supply of intelligence, grounding, presence, and the presence that we have in our bodies has the capacity to heal us. Like we are our own drug through pure presence and love. We are able to melt and love and heal the parts of us that we've been at war with. So beautiful. That is a potent truth that I think everyone (laughs) needed to hear right now. Mm. Yeah. Sam, thank you so much for just sharing your, your time, your wisdom, your energy, your presence. Thank you for the work that you do in this world. I'm so happy that you listened to that nudge from Mm. spirit creator, whoever directed you to where you are today. Like, thank fucking God, Mm. because I think everyone in the world really needs to learn how to breathe right now. And I mean, really breathe. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you. Thank you for being you. Thanks for that acknowledgement. And thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Anytime, anytime. Like, <laughs> I feel like we could rant about a lot of different things. Seriously, though. <laughs> um, to our listeners, thank you so much for joining Sam and I for another episode of Potent Truth, where we are taking you on a journey to challenge illusion and lead with sovereignty. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with a friend or your community or your loved ones or all of the above and drop a rating and review on iTunes and then connect with us on social media. My handle is at I am Ruby. Samantha, what's your handle? At Samantha Skelly. And? At Pause Breathwork. There we go. (laughs) So make sure you connect with us and then check back on Monday for a brand new episode of Potent Truth. Aho family.